Hey everybody, Action Movie Gavin here, crawling through an air vent. I hope you like this completely live and diegetic soundscape I've created for you that is totally real, and I'm, I'm totally editing on a laptop as I crawl somehow, and it's not just me thumping a metal box to cover up the fact that there's a box fan on in the room behind me. Welcome to part two of our discussion with James. Today we're going to talk about horror in podcasting that isn't good, so hope you enjoy that. Thank you for sticking around. Also, apologies for all the editing problems in part one. We fixed most of them, I think. And if you did hear some editing problems, please go re-download it, because I've totally uploaded a better uh, version. Oh no, I'm going to drop a toolbox. Ah, uh, why was that in an air vent? <laughs> this is fucking stupid. Let's dive into what makes horror effective in audio, um, because I think that there are a lot of ways to do it, and I think that there's a lot of there are a lot of blueprints that exist. Because horror is a really, really, really common genre in audio drama, specifically, and I think that a lot of that pulls on the blueprints of true crime as well, like Limetown does, for instance. Um, the Magnus Archives kind of does, but n not as much. I think that those blueprints, like any other blueprint in the medium, any other sort of grammar of a genre. I think that while there's a lot of good there, I think they can also be limiting. And I think that because they have been established, they also really lose their effect. So what would you say? Yeah, James, what would you say is, is your biggest frustration with horror in audio drama? Uh, okay, the biggest. And we don't, yeah, have to, we don't have to name names of podcasts or anything. I don't want it to be mean, which I wouldn't ever... I'm not saying that you would be mean. I guess I'm mostly saying that for myself. <laughs> I'm going to try not to be mean. Um, well, I mean, I think ultimately, you know, and, and some of this is, is again, sort of part, you know, partly connected to the framing device issues and stuff like that. But I think overall, the biggest egregious thing that I have an issue with is the descriptive, uh, uh, the witness uh, horror where the guy is yeah. he's, he's there he's watching his friends and he is not only documenting the whole thing but he's narrating what is happening um, uh, he or she uh, is narrating what's happening and it, it drives you crazy oh god it's eaten my arm and I want to explain that on the record oh my arm is gone uh, uh, it's got my arm I had to change batteries in my recorder <laughs> exactly exactly excuse me can you stop eating my if... arm for a second i ran out of tape i need to put the other tape in <laughs> or like we're like okay i have to be really quiet because i don't want this thing to hear me because if it does it'll kill me so instead i'm just gonna whisper and explain oh, it no. anyway right. the free like, oh no the free music on, i laid now. underneath this it's getting louder <laughs> <laughs> yeah i would love oh my god I would love to hear a horror podcast that's also a satire, and the music is actually diegetic. It's like, just it that, actually it's exists. that one Kevin McLeod slow, steady increase of strings. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, I, I agree. I think that the, the over-description, the over-narration, I think it makes sense, because I think it's hard to convey things that don't have 
like you need to convey some sort of imagery, I think, yeah. in order for horror to be effective if you're doing a monster mm. sort of situation. But it's just it breaks immersion so immediately. The, you know, it's worse. It's worse if you don't even have the framing device of a, of a found footage or yeah, found yeah. audio. Like yeah. if you're doing like a straight like sort of show like like something like that, that has no framing device like that. And like you have somebody still standing there going, oh, my God, he's hitting his head. Yeah. You know, then what is going they're on? Gonna run. Then they're <laughs> going to eat me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I was tweeting about efficacy of something in audio drama, and they asked me what I thought audio drama is most suited for. And I think what we that like specifically, I think the most effective thing in audio drama horror is holding back important details until they are relevant. Um, not to harp on, uh, actually I will because the White Vault rocks. There's an earlier moment in the White Vault than where I was talking about where the thing that was scraping on the side of the bunker, they go outside the next day and see there's this big like scratch in the concrete. And they, they start talking about, well, it's a bear. Like everyone just starts kind of telling themselves it's a bear. And then out of nowhere, Graham is like, it's not a bear. And they're like, why? It's obviously a bear claw strike. And he's like, no, they weren't made by a bear. How can you tell? They look large and bear-like to me. They aren't. What animal could it have been then? I'm telling you, Jonas, they looked like bear. Big strikes of scratches all in a row, carved down into the concrete more than half an inch. It's not bear. How do you know? There aren't many types of things that choose to live out here in shit and Svalbard. Only thing I can think of is a bear. Only thing that could have made those marks. Because bears don't have fucking thumbs, Heath. <laughs> oh, shit. Maybe I'm wrong about what you need to describe an audio drama, really, because, you know, there's that quote, that, like, classic Hitchcock, like, oh, things are scary when you do the thing, where, like, the scariest monster is yep. the one that you yep. haven't seen yet, you know? And audio drama's perfect yeah. for that. And I, it's frustrating that that isn't played on more, you know? Like, look at Jaws. Jaws, I mean, granted, I understand it, it was an yeah. accident yeah. that uh, you didn't see the, you didn't see the, <laughs> the, 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 uh, the shark as much, but I think it's also the most famous bit of serendipity yeah. that, that sort of comes into play as far as, you know, it's, it's the very reason you don't see that shark that often, that when you do, you're like, yeah. <gasps> Yeah. Same goes for uh, for Alien and the Xenomorph. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Even if you do end up showing the monster, my favorite example recently of this is A Quiet Place. Uh, you get to see... God, I need to see that. You get to see... Well, this won't spoil anything, but uh, you get to see the thing that comes if you make too much noise in a lot of detail. So much so, they actually kind of turn that on its head, and now you know the rules... And whenever the characters start breaking those rules of how to stay alive, you were just like, shit, like you don't want to see it. I'm looking it up now. Irvent Gavin here. I just found the lock to get out of here and I have to find the right key on this ridiculously large keychain. So while I'm doing that, I just want to let you know, uh, if you Google the monster from A Quiet Place on Google Images, you're not going to find a good picture of it. The movie's not on DVD yet. Let's try this one. Fuck. Uh, you're not going to find a good picture of it yet. So there's a bunch of weird, like, deviant art drawings of cryptids and whatnot. Uh, none of them are right. So it might give you a different expectation when watching A Quiet Place, which is a 
quality film, as I can say from my air vent that I'm totally in here. Uh, so don't do that, and I'll see you, see you never, because this is probably the last time I'm going to do this stupid bit. Oh, that's the other thing. It doesn't have a stupid name. They don't have... Oh, they're the listeners. Like, there's nothing, none of that shit. <laughs> they don't, they don't have, they, they don't all have, like, a, a, some sort of colloquialism that they all sort of decided on that, you know. So, side question, do you think that there's any, like, um, fan erotica stuff already with these things? Uh, those things specifically? Um, Probably not yeah. yet, because it takes a while for people to churn out crap. I mean, there was right. one person... You guys gotta get on that. I, 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 gotta get I on actually it, reviewed uh, Pokier Man Go, and it was released a month after Pokemon Go came out. <laughs> Uh, but it was also <laughs> the laziest thing. As the name would suggest. <laughs> I want to touch on something that I brought up uh, a little a little bit when we were first introducing like things that made us scared is contrast. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I think that a lot of horror podcasts do um, that makes it harder for me to buy in is they think that the only way to increase horror is to keep raising stakes and to keep pushing it. Um, keep making things scary and keep making things um like really high intensity after a, a certain point i find myself getting really bored and it's like it's higher to believe the increased stakes and i think that what makes horror scary is you have yes. to believe that they're in a real world you know even if it's a, a hyper fictionalized world you have to believe that it's real and that's gonna come from comedic relief it's going to come from characters just, like, shooting mm -hmm. the shit. It's going to come from um, moments where there is nothing related to the scary thing right. at all. And those moments cannot be as tense as the horror moments. You need to have that contrast. Otherwise, it's going to be... It's basically, like... Do y'all know... Do y'all know this thing? Um, it's, like a like, a little, like how to explain not a um like one of those like cautionary tale allegory metaphor mm -hmm. things what do you call that thing, what uh, do you call there that you go. thing? okay I was, I was about to say a cautionary tale yeah oh yeah cautionary tale that would work <laughs> it, yeah, yeah yeah so it's like a cautionary tale kind of like a modern fable and it's like you know if you just if you put a frog if you throw a frog into just boiling yeah. water he's just gonna hop right out you know, like, he's just gonna go, whoop, fuck that. But if you put a frog... This is a really fucked up cautionary tale, so I'm sorry in advance. Um, if you put a frog in, like, normal water and then bring it up to boiling, the frog won't realize that it's been brought up mm -hmm. to boiling. Um, and you'll just, like, kill it. You know? Um, so, I don't know why this was used, like, all the time when I taught high school to explain things to students, <laughs> which is wrong and bad. But basically, like, if if you keep if you keep a slow burn, yeah. that's always the same thing over and over. Like sometimes a slow build is good, and I'm not talking about like a slow build for the horror. I'm talking about when it's consistent. You know, it's just it's always going. Your listener is just gonna be steeped in it. Like it's it's not gonna feel like anything different. Nothing will have changed, and because of that, they're just gonna be so used to it. You know, and at that point, it's it's not gonna be scary. It's just happening. Can I put a funner point on something that you said? Um, I don't know if necessarily the world needs to be real, but I, I but I think you ended up saying what I'm going to say anyway is that the characters need to be real. Yes, we need to we need to believe they're alive regardless of what the environment 
is. Yeah. So the the environment completely can lose its reality. Um, but if we believe that their lives are at stake, um, you know, we're invested, and therefore anything that happens to them is, is going to be, you know, of some sort of monumental importance. To us. Yeah. Um. That's that's the reason I think why Point Mystic is so successful. I. I would say that, in my opinion, Point Mystic is the single most underrated horror podcast I've ever listened to. Um, it's gotten some visibility since PodCon because a lot of people at PodCon heard about it and listened yeah. to it more, but um, not mm -hmm. enough, not enough. And what makes it so great is that there is no script. Um, the actors are, you know, told like, hey, here's the point that you need to get to, but they just go. And the person who's largely driving the horror and driving the story is a phenomenal child actor uh who is i believe the creator's son um wow. and yeah and he just he just goes like they just turn the mic on and he just goes and it's sort of silly and it's sort of goofy because it's like a kid telling basically a spooky story but the narrator buys into it so wholly that you do too and it's just it's so mm. natural that it feels that it feels real. It's just so incredibly authentic. And I wish more horror podcasts would would embrace that and would embrace, I guess, moving away from a script and just sounding real. Like all these horror podcasts, they just they want to yep. sound like found mm -hmm. found audio, but then they stick so hard to mm -hmm. a script. Yeah. Come on. No, you're absolutely right. Um I, I just wish that we we heard more and were told less. When I say here, I mean like through yeah. uh, sound cues or some sort of immersed environment or yeah. Some other things that that um, sort of told the story and painted paint, paints the, the blanks in between the dialogue. You know, uh, you know I, that's something we sh we try to do on our show. But we, I don't, I don't think yeah. we always do everything one hundred percent right. Like I, we're, I knew that we would be learning because you know Alex never really did sound design before, and I never had a show before. So um, I knew that we had high minded ideas that that very easily could fail. But we were going to keep you know wailing away at them until we got it right. Um, and we're going to get it like really right at some point. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think I'd like to hear more people try and fail even, uh, uh, to do it. Yeah. Um, even though, even if it at the risk of me never knowing what it is that they were trying to do, I, I don't ever explain it to me. Just try to paint the picture with your sound and maybe leave me some clues, breadcrumb clues here on there as far as like through other bits of dialogue or other things, but you don't need to spell it out for me. Like just let let it unsettle me. Let it me go. Like what is what is that? What are they do? Oh my! Yeah. What is that? And then like then like you don't you yeah. ever find out or like oh my god Judy's dead. Oh you know like <laughs> whatever I don't know. It's yeah. just you know yeah. something something in that that realm of of just unexplained that could be enough. Like you don't need to explain everything. Yeah, Gavin, what what do you think? What are your what are your big pet peeves for? Horror podcasting. I think actually to tack on to James's point, uh, a moment in a not erotic yeah, or not please. erotic. Jesus Christ! Uh, I I was <laughs> quietly trying to see if there actually was quiet place erotica while you were talking. In a I, a moment from a not horror <laughs> podcast that uh, effectively like gets you without because the characters were performing so realistically. There's a scene in Marsfall where I won't say anything that happens except. You oh, need, Will yeah. already caught it. Uh, yeah. Where Andy shuts the door. Oh, yes. And you don't even know what happened. You don't even know that Andy shut a door for about three minutes until after it happens. 
because that scene just happens so fucking yeah. fast. That's cool. Yeah, it, it's really, like it's that. really well done. Uh, so for anyone who's seen Marsfall, yeah. you know what happened. For anyone who hasn't seen Marsfall, that's not really a spoiler, I guess. But it was just like a pot boiler moment where like people are yelling at each other and shit's, shit's like building, building, building. And then just like, and it's kind of a jump scare. Like, I don't want to oversell it. But it's still, it's an earned yeah. one where something had to happen. It's really effective, though. It's the rubber band letting go. Yeah, I think that jump scare, jump scares also can be really effective when they're earned and when they are in a context of something that's doing a little bit more. And I think this is a perfect example of that. Because there is one thing that horror really, really has to know what to do, and it's safety valve stuff. And it's well done horror implements comedy or not great scares just to kind of like let off the pressure a little bit you can't you can't have your audience like the whole yeah. time the revenant is a perfect example of how not to do that because you will leave the i left the revenant physically tired because my body was tense the whole time <sighs> there was nothing there were no breaks in the revenant and it's like three fucking hours long <laughs> But if you <laughs> if you let people kind of laugh or relax a little bit, they get to uh, you can kind of it would be too sexual to say edge it, but you can slowly build upon what you've built upon before <laughs> until when you do go for it, that big scary really hits you. Yeah. yeah. And my big yeah. pet peeve really in horror podcasts is when they're like, and then another scary thing happens, and another scary thing happens, and guess what? Now it's just yeah. a fucking Freddy Krueger ripoff running around, and oh no, actually not even right. go. It's a Jason Voorhees running around. It's an easy to escape monster, but uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and self-aware yeah, jokes sure. in your horror podcast okay, well, about other horror movies. Let's just stop. <laughs> okay, well, to make sure that we don't talk about this specific thing <laughs> for seven hours, because yep. y'all oh, know I could. I could. Um, James, do you have any advice for people who want to, who want to instill some fear in a listener? <laughs> nope. Next question. <laughs> oh, come on. Let your inner Vincent Price out a little bit. I'm just teasing. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I think, uh, I, I think really the advice is, um, make a list of all of the things that you see as a commonality and don't necessarily do those things or at least uh play off of expectations of those things and maybe do something different yeah um that that's probably you know one of the i mean if if you're gonna start off and you're like i want to make a horror podcast and that's like your base thing you don't have any other idea yet you know uh then yeah then go there first and be like all right well what what's the commonalities here what is everyone else doing um and then go from there unless you already coming at this from a perspective of saying i have this very unique very specific idea and I know that it's it's if anyone else has done it, it's maybe one or two other shows, but it's not prevalent. Yeah. Then, yeah, I mean, do that. Then go that route as well. But I think I think playing off expectation, I think start, you can't run away from cliches. Um, you, you really what you need to do is you need to lean into them and um, uh, do something different and, and make a different turn yes. on them. Um, you, you can't avoid them. Uh, so you might as well plan for them. Um, so yeah, those uh, those are the two big bits of advice I would give. And and stop doing the framing device of the found audio. Yeah. <laughs> These tapes. I've had enough. <laughs> and if you're going to at least do it well. 
And, and come up with yeah. like how everyone else is hearing these that, tapes. Like who edit who edited these that's tapes? That's what the white vault does perfectly. We yeah. like the following is a is yeah. a note piece of paper found next to Dr. Whatever's bed. Like it's all of it is wrapped together so perfectly. Right, right. Not just right. like it's like post almost like a post mortem. Yeah, it's just not like tape six. Uh okay. So Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. Do you guys have any advice for somebody who's starting okay. a horror podcast? You you hit the oh. you hit my point when you said uh, if you like don't be too you don't have to run away from cliches if you do it right uh, embrace right. it because I would rather right. be like hey that's that thing and you're doing it cool than realize what someone's doing and then just kind of roll my eyes and go back to listening to Love Harbor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would say. My advice is going to be as pretentious as everything else that I've said this uh, whole recording. <laughs> and <laughs> it's, um, I think that if you're going to do horror, your horror should have a point that isn't yes. just to be scary and mm, scare the listener. That's a good one. I think, yeah, like I, I'm a big believer in stories that tell something more about like mm-hmm. the human condition, George et cetera, et cetera, S. which, yeah, yeah, like. I I want you to what scares me most is uh the real world and the people yeah. in it, you know? Um I think that real fears come from real fears. Um I think that there's a lot to be said for monsters that are monsters because there's something that we see, whether it's mm-hmm. allegorical or direct. I think that you should explain what scares you more than just it's a scary monster why does that scary monster scare you what does it say about who you are and who everyone is and then play off of that you're going to have a more satisfying uh reaction from listeners you're going to have a a, a story that sticks with listeners longer if it has some sort of if it conveys a point you know larger than just it's time for scary no i love your suggestion that was that was was perfect yeah thanks Okay, well, let's get let's go to our recommendations for the week. I think that it's time to get away from the spooky scaries because I am alone in a really small <laughs> closet, and like I've said, I I get scared really easily. So, um, <laughs> I, I'm I'm glad I'm not alone. Uh, Gavin, what's your recommendation for the week? We should probably announce this right off the bat. Will and I have come to the conclusion that our hook of this section being, here's a podcast I think you haven't heard yet, isn't really going to work because we are both podcast writers and it... it That's not sustainable. It really sucks. Hide- I've been hiding shows from Will and that's not how you're supposed to do... That's not cool. Yeah, that's not cool. They, we all need to know about them. So Will and James, have you heard of the People's Republic of Moya yet? No. No. Okay, so the People's Republic of Moya, or the actual title of the show is Moya. You can find it at moyapodcast.podbean.com. Um, actually, there's an official website, moyapodcast.com. That'll do it. Ooh. Moya is set in this, I don't want to say nondescript, because it is very, you do get a very strong feeling of what this fictional country is like. The People's Republic of Moya. The land is hard, cold. The fields are barren for nine months of the year, and knee-deep in snow for three. It's damn close to being just an audiobook that's been cut up into episodes, but it is written 
in as a podcast like this isn't someone's sh- like short story that they just kind of went oh that's part two <laughs> <laughs> and it's presented as the internal monologue of a detective basically of this oppressive regime that governs his country going to in, uh, investigate a murder in a tiny town in one of the outlying districts and he just, you know there's there's all the fun tropes like the districts are numbered and if you are from you know if you're higher born you get better jobs and things like that mm-hmm. but it's set in modern times there's oh. deep, like there's it's not it's not a throwback like there's there's shittily made cheap cars like the Soviet Union had but there's also GPS and cell phones uh it is in a quaint village where everything kind of operates by uh, you know older standards but he does have you know GPS in his car and he has a, a nicer newer car and things like that and all the little details are what really grabbed me about Moya cuz it is a slow burn podcast this podcast is not thrilling but it's interesting because you're slowly picking apart what is moya what is this country what he mentions wars he mentions famines what has happened like how does this place work i remember whoever i found it through on twitter said if you like mist you'll like moya and i took that to be that's a good one i took that to be it's a puzzle based thing and i got really excited first and then felt let down but what i get what they mean now if you enjoyed playing mist you enjoy figuring stuff out over a long period of time you don't necessarily need mm-hmm. stuff spoon-fed to you yeah so can i geek th- out real quick <laughs> please do oh yeah i remember what you did <laughs> <laughs> wait which thing <laughs> you, you 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 did the pre-order thing for the mist I right did. i'm so excited so mist is being yeah what? mist is being remastered or like it's being remade so that it will actually work on modern uh computers yes. and they're doing a kickstarter Ooh. and one of the rewards for the Kickstarter is a Mist book that yes. has a screen in it, and you can play yes. DVDs of the games. So it's like in the book. And God, it's so fucking cool, guys. Guys, I fucking love uh, Mist. Can I tell you something? That game actually uh, was like one of the first experiences I had playing a game that creeped me too. Me, up, right? me too. Is it Mist creepy? Like, yeah. Yeah, like it, it's so silent. And so, but then, like, you get to interact with the yeah. brothers, yeah. and then, like, once you. Once that starts happening, like, I was all like, ah! Even the sound of the book with that low... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and, like, Riven has such great, weird ambience to it. I'm like, so I... And then that little girl shows up and scares the shit out of you. Yeah! Riven was the first (laughs) video game I ever played. And I love it. I love it so much. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Uh, I'm gonna go to their yes. Kickstarter too. I'm gonna see if I can get if I can get something. So th- yeah, the reason I, the reason that person said Mist Moya's like Mist or will appeal to someone like Mist is it doesn't spoon feed things to you. Yeah, and it's so well. Uh, I the thing that sticks with me most is uh, the the producer slash narrator is British, and that in itself is kind of interesting because the voice who's telling you about this has kind of a deep Sean Beany kind of voice hmm. and. You mm. don't normally associate, like, if it was a movie, everything would be kind of grayscale. Like, there would be colors, but they'd be super muted, <laughs> and lots of barren fields and things like that. But you hear this this deep, haughty English voice the whole time. And what you find out is, you know, instead of Hail Emperor Caesar from Fallout New Vegas or anything like that, or Hail Kaiser or anything <laughs> like that, there is a phrase that everyone uses as a greeting that is fictional and made up for the show 
and it is part of the national anthem, I think, of mm. Moya. No, no, I'll, I'll see myself out, don't worry. Past nine it is then. Each of us all. Each of us all, James. It's not presented as, here's what this is. He just greets someone like that, and they respond. Right. I think that's, I think that's a great way yeah. to look at it, though, is that, is that you have a show that, that basically introduces you to their world without explaining it first, knowing that eventually you'll get it. You just got to stick with us. You know, that, that can't be the only reason why you're either here or not here is because I didn't tell you what yeah. the, you know, the thing about this greeting and its origin. Sorry, I had to, I lost it there. No, but that's the thing that, like, yeah. you're right. That's what grabbed me. Each of us all, like, each of us all. And, like, it's a thing they have to say because if they don't say it, they're not a, they're not a patriotic Moyan, you know? So each of us all, that's just, it's programmed into this person to say that. And everyone has to say it back to him uh, because he works for the government. <laughs> And it's just this little detail that just stuck with me. And, yeah. and it's kind of cool. And it's one of the ner- It's If I was in my Tumblr fandom days, I would probably start saying it on social media and shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you want, if you want a podcast, that I, I, and this is going to sound like a backhanded thing, but that doesn't necessarily get good immediately. You have to kind of invest yourself in it to enjoy it. I recommend uh, Moya. Nice. So James, how about you? This is, um, I, I don't know if you guys have, have caught this before, um, but it's, it's kind of a, a little indie niche sort of podcast. Have you heard of a, a show called um, uh, Sandra? Or the, Sandra? I don't know. If, if you, um, you, James. Anyway, I'm not going to recommend that one. Yeah. I'm not going to be recommending that one. Um, I, I haven't listened to it. But what I will recommend, uh, I will absolutely 100% recommend and I, you guys already recommended this, and I'm going to do it again because it deserves twice uh, Fall of the House of it's Sunshine. It's such a good show. It does deserve twice. How about the theme? Yes. Welcome to the House of Sunshine. Scrub your troubles and brush your cares away. Welcome to the House of Sunshine. The gang's all here, so won't you come and play? Yeah, every, everything about, about the show is... Everything that I, I right now, like to me, Jonathan's like the star in my in my brain <laughs> of of just somebody who I deeply already admire. And I just get to understand like what that means is that eventually that means that if that happens to you with me is that you'll get an email from me that says, hey, we're friends. And, um, you know, not even if you've ever met me or not, we just get that that email that says we're friends now. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't I mean, he, he reacted very graciously the eighth time. <laughs> But uh, the first seven, uh, uh, eighth one, he was cool. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, I deeply love the show. I think it does such an amazing job. It had me from um, uh, uh, Mouth Buddies. We were Mouth Buddies, brothers in kind. No, he was no rival of mine, but a vital advisor and ally for life, Mouth Buddies. Just the insane pace that it goes on. It doesn't break for anybody. It doesn't handhold. Um, it doesn't really do like every everything on the, on the show is packed with with just stuff. It feels like it's almost on that um, uh, airplane level of packed with jokes where you can keep re-listening to it and catch something you missed the first time around. Um, and there's no wasted space. I hadn't heard it when Will recommended it to me, and then I listened to like the first five episodes before I edited that episode. 
so I could find out where to pull clips from. And just, <laughs> mm -hmm. I, and I mean this with all the love in the world, Fall of the House of Sunshine, <coughs> the first time you listen to it, it knows you don't know what the fuck is going on, yeah. and it does not care. It Buckle give a up, shit. asshole. No. Yeah. No. No, yeah, I. That's the thing I truly admire about about Jonathan. Cause I, I, are you confused? Fuck you. Keep going. Yeah, I kind of feel like a kinship to that to that mentality yeah. of like, you know, this is what we are. This, you know, this is what this is my art. This is what I'm doing. If you don't get it, that's fine. I'm putting it out there. People are gonna keep. People are not gonna get it. Um, which actually goes back to something I I feel feel very strongly about when you guys were talking about um reviewing uh, uh indie mm -hmm. podcasts and stuff yeah. like that. No. We we all put our stuff out there. Um, if we're, if it's out there publicly, you know, we should be up to public scrutiny. Um, you know, uh, and, and I think you know you make adjustments based on that in the sense of like, you know, can you truly compare some indie something or other to this large budgeted thing? I mean, in some respects, yes, and in some respects, no. Right. I mean, a, a good story is a good story, but you know, sometimes we don't have the same budget to get you know that 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 polished yeah. feel. Um, so I think you know you kind of handicap a little bit, like. Like horror movies in general, I love horror movies, but you kind of go in with a fairly low expectation, and you know you'll do all right. You know you have to really like hit below that bar to really be like, oh, that was a terrible. You have to horror be movie. like Jeepers was... Creepers three, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, I think uh, Follow the House of Sunshine just to me was this amazing. My I had my wife listen to it. She didn't even realize that it was a musical at first. She realized there were musical numbers, but she didn't realize, like, she's like, are they always going to sing? <laughs> but she walked away with, like, actually enjoying it, which she she's, like, the toughest podcast person, like, in the world. She, she just wants to listen to nonfic, and then when it's audio drama, she just wants to listen to my stuff now. Um, she, um, she, uh, she's very picky about the audio drama that she listens to. She loves wooden overcoats. Um, well, of course. And, she's uh, alive. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's like I, at least she loves wooden overcoats, and I'm like, oh, thank God. Um, uh, but she, she, de she genuinely liked uh, House of Sunshine. We actually sing it sometimes to each other yeah. in the morning, like, "Welcome to the House of Sunshine." <laughs> yeah. Um. So uh, that happens. But what's um, to be done? But, yeah, Why no, the, you listen, listen. Yeah, that's another example of just how packed information, like even, um, uh, um. I forgot her first name, but uh, Lusk uh, is yeah. her last name. Uh, she does the outros. Her outros are funny. Yeah. Uh, and, and you need to be listening to the outros. We need more shows that have outros that have a reason for you to stick around yeah. and listen yeah, to. Yeah, I remember when people were trying to tell me that I was wasting my time, or I was being an asshole not listening to Night Vale all the way through, because there's the proverb at the end. That's not, that's <laughs> not good content. The, 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 the proverb? <laughs> You're not a real <laughs> Nightmare fan if you don't listen to all of every single episode. Okay, kid. I do. I do want to. I do want to add. We were talking about moments podcast scared us. The a moment a podcast truly disgusted me was Puppet Slime. <laughs> oh yeah. The oh. sound effect of that oh, I don't know was that one. the most effective thing. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> God, House of Sunshine is just so good. It's the yes. weirdest shit in the world, yeah. and I just love it. The fact it. that it's not a Stitcher premium show full of cram full of like celebrities no one cares about, like blows my mind. You know? Yeah, seriously, seriously, it it's uh, so consistently high it doesn't, quality. It's not even on the top two hundred enough. It's it needs to be in the top two hundred yeah. all yes. the time, and it's not there enough. Like I'm always looking for it. Like I don't just look for my show. I'm like, <laughs> where's Jonathan's show? Is it on here somewhere? I mean, where is yeah. it today? And I'm like, it's not. That's why I was like, I have to recommend yeah. it again because. I need to 
need to keep recommending it until it makes the, the top 200 yeah. every day. It reminds me of when I launched the Red Light Library and all of my friends tried to be coy about it being them reviewing it. Oh, that's cute, though. And uh, then, James is going to leave us one of so my it. best friends gave it four stars. Oh, what the fuck? Oh, no. James is going to leave a one-star review, and it's just going to say, no. not enough James O'Levi. <laughs> yes. Hey, there's a segue. Well, there's a segue uh, into talking about reviews. Hey, Will. Yeah? What's your suggestion? Oh, okay. So my suggestion is a podcast that I wrote a review for um, this week. Ooh. So for listeners, last week. Um, also, I is... do. Oh, yes. Also, Gavin did too. It is uh, the antithesis of what we've been talking about for yeah. this entire episode. <laughs> um, it is called Song Salad. One, two, three, four. Song Salad with Shannon and Scott. And okay. I am in love with it. It is currently, um, along with like probably Spirits, but like Spirits is also on its own pedestal. But oh, it's show. my other absolute favorite nonfiction. So yes. in Song Salad, um, the hosts have a list of like 500 musical genres that are super bizarre. Some of my like favorites have been... very specific genres, yeah. Yeah, really specific. Like, the most recent, um, as of recording this, was Math Rock, which is, like, yeah, one of my rock. favorites. Oh, yeah. I know that one, yeah. Um, they've also done, like, stoner metal, um, bubblegum mm-hmm. pop, just, like, a whole ton of different genres. TV theme song. Oh, I, I, yeah. feel, I feel silly. Like, I know all of these. Yeah. Hit me with oh, one I don't know. I don't know. Come don't on. put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I think Will and I both binge like the a block of the most recent episodes. Yes. And besides math rock and stoner metal, they've been hitting like bubblegum pop right. and TV theme song. Yeah. But, okay. um, yeah, I mean, I've come across some really weird subgenres of things. Yeah. That I'm just like, what? That's a thing? Like Death Folk yeah, and like. Folk. This isn't um, They Might Be Giants. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then the next thing that they do is they. Pull up Wikipedia and click random. Yep. And that is the topic of their song. So what they do is they look at kind of the history of the musical genre. It's actually pretty educational in a way that I really enjoy. Um, they talk about the like the recurring themes in the music where, you know, it's like they talk about what the drums sound like, what the vocals sound sound like, things like that. Um, and then they read the Wikipedia article and they write a song about it. And it's just such a a brilliantly like simple but strange and really yep. unique concept. But what makes it a great show is that the hosts are just so charming. It's Shannon so... and Scott are awesome. Yeah, Shannon and Scott are just they're adorable. Um they're so sweet. They're like such good friends. And you, there's just this like really comfortable, uh lighthearted, genuine, like unironic kindness to the show that I really yes. love. It's Gavin and I, I think, have both talked about how it's like, it feels like it could be siblings with Wonderful, the um, Griffin and Rachel McElroy show. It's just really, it's really genuine and it's really sweet. And it's inherently positive in tone. It is. Dope Smoker by Sleep. Mm. So Dope Smoker is a song received controversy because the 60 minute song. Oh, my God. Is about cannabis. 
which resulted in conflict with Sleep's record company. You knew what you were getting into, Sleep's record company. I see you. So we have this song called Dope Smoker. What's that about? Yeah, weird. What could that be about? It's about um <laughs> lighting some dopes on fire. Uh, okay, so while other members of the genre state that stoner rock is a style, not life, <laughs> which is interpreted to mean that the band members don't actually smoke weed right. or are influenced by weed. However, the style of their music reflects the sound of stoner rock and metal. Yeah. Um. There's <laughs> there's also bands. Uh, called king caravan and sea of green yeah come on (laughs) so their most recent episode talked about um the oldest gay bar in the states and it was not an incredibly continuously open gay bar yes um it was not an incredibly like upbeat subject matter for a lot of what happened no because yeah, yeah um but it was still like they did they did a lot of justice to the topic. It was really touching. And the rest of the podcast was so fun and so funny without making fun of anything that it felt perfectly at home. And it just feels like it's just such a little warm hug of a podcast. It's like yeah. a little beacon of light. Um, I've talked about how <laughs> I'm afraid of uh, life and the world and humans. And that's all accurate. But Song Salad makes it a little bit better. <laughs> and I, one, oh. one thing I want to tack on here to like kind of extra sell the show is like it's hard to sell improv stuff as being funny because improv comedians as good as they can be will sometimes just lean on some poor shit like the McElroy brothers are the princes of podcasting but let's be honest there are some times where they just who cares Uh, the thing about song style that really works for me is Shannon and Scott are from two different musical areas where Shannon always writes the lyrics yeah. and Scott does the music. And they will talk about their respective things, not in a, you should do this, but like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if? It's always a collaborative effort and there's no one, no one ever like shakes their fingers like, oh, no, no. Yeah. Uh, like they did, <laughs> they had to write a commercial jingle for a very specific type of tree from the Caribbean. Yes. That you oh my God. It's so good. It's such a good one. And he's like, well, I mean, she was like, what if all the instruments were made of wood? And he goes, oh, cool. And then um, they start goofing off. Of, she's like, what about a wood tuba? And he's like, no, <laughs> that's not a real instrument. <laughs> but yep, then they do this like adorable. island vibey jingle that isn't racist. And that's actually a rare thing <laughs> when yeah. people do stuff like that. Yeah. No, it's just. It's such a delay. It's just, it just feels good. <laughs> it's it feel, and it feels good salad, to tell people about like podcasts that make you feel good. Yes. Yes. Well, I actually, um, I also had, I had another recommendation. I know that we oh, just we wanted to. Oh, going back to the well on this one, huh? Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Will, what's your other recommendation? Wait, does that mean I get another one as well? Sure. Perhaps. Yeah, she's trying so hard. Can we can we just like get a statue for Will at this point? I'm doing my best, everyone. I'm gonna send you a handmade Oscar that says you tried. Okay, well fuck you. Here's my other recommendation. So what's your other recommendation, Will? Um, 
you know, it's surprising that this one isn't more famous because it's actually, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a reunion for the Parks and Rec cast and characters. Um, it's it's set within Pawnee, um, just a little bit after the the epilogue, and because actual play podcasts are so huge right now, um, it's like, oh, well, we're all back together. Why don't we make an actual play podcast? We're all kind of busy, but this is how we're going to spend time together. You know, we're going to like sit down with a goal. But because it's set in the Parks and Rec universe and, you know, it's it's a podcast that's done by NBC, they can't actually use Dungeons and Dragons. But luckily, they already have a game inside the show and they're playing Cones of Dunshire. So (laughs) what it is, is it's the characters of Parks and Recreation. And they're playing the Cones of Dunshire, and it's this, like, long campaign. Um, and it starts out pretty, like, pretty funny, pretty stupid, but, you know, in true Parks and Rec fashion, has a lot of moments that are really emotional and have a lot of heart, and it's called the Adventure Cone. <laughs> Fired. <laughs> I may be grounded, but you're fired. <laughs> I'm hilarious. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> James, how about you? <laughs> I, uh, you know what? I, I was, I, I, I thought about what mine would be, and and I tried to um, negotiate some sort of uh, weird pun uh, for a podcast, and uh, I just kept coming up with porn names. So <laughs> I decided to. Stop. So we're gonna do a montage of those, or what? <laughs> Well, I don't have a podcast one, but I can tell you what my favorite like uh, fake porn uh, 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 title uh, that I came up with. It came up with a while ago, so it's actually kind of dated in it. Please itself, do. But I love Please it. Please do. All right. The Bi-Curious Case of Benjamin Bottom. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's get this one going. That's Come great. on. Let's That's do great. it. The older he gets, the more bi he gets. Yes. Wow. Big same. How curious. <laughs> Curiouser and curiouser. Yeah. Gavin. All right. So uh, with the newest, uh, with <laughs> with Steven Spielberg trying to about face from Ready Player One's and adapting an Eric Larson novel into uh, reality, I thought it would be time for Eric Larson to get himself into podcasting. And for those of you who don't know, Eric Larson is that guy who writes all of those amazing narrative nonfiction books about uh, the white city in Chicago that also happened to have a serial killer in it, uh, and Dead Wake, and act like all joking aside, legitimately my favorite book about the uh, Lusitania. It's a fantastic book. Yeah. Uh, I suggest Eric Larson look into this thing I found on Wikipedia. You see, in the early fifties, when a currently nationwide fast food chain was just getting started. They were actually very concerned with figuring out the exact design of the building, and they came up with this unique square castle-like structure. Uh, and I'm it already mad out, at you. It turned out one of the early uh, designers who was going around all these different franchises, making sure the facades were correctly installed, was in fact a serial killer. And so I would like to pitch the podcast Devil in the White Castle. (laughs) (laughs) 
somewhere out there. These were silly. These are so silly. <laughs> hi, hi, Ellie. I know you're already <laughs> DMing me, telling me to fuck myself. I want to. I want to point out. A t- I ran that one by my girlfriend last night, and she just looked at me and went, "You really are an idiot." <laughs> that's how you know yeah, it's a that's good. good. Yeah, that's good. right. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. Yeah. So that's all our recommendations done. That's all. That is our extended discussion of horror and podcasting. I think this marks. Well, for one thing, it's twice long than our twice as long as our shortest episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you added a third voice, and 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 yeah. I am I am horrible at derailing. So I, aka, yeah. you make that's good for podcasting though, because then you get to just chop it up into multiple episodes. Yeah, there you go. You can make this a oh two part. Totally could. Dun dun dun. Twice the parts, half the parts. <laughs> or you make you can cut out like really interesting bits and leave them for the patrons. Yeah. If yeah. you have a patron page, and then like be like, you can get the unabridged version where James says a naughty word. <laughs> um, yeah, you could do that. Is there anything else before I before I wrap things up? Yes. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to say about what's the frequency? Will any any, any more um, positive things? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Anything that you would like to gush about? Something that I haven't, uh, I don't know, I might not be aware of that you feel in any way? I think it's fine. It's whatever. Yeah, it's whatever. <laughs> um, I mean, I just, I just think it's, like, so well-conceived. I think that it's a show that knows itself perfectly. Um, yeah. Hey, you also, God, you utilize your cast so well. Like, I know that we've talked about, like, improvising and what have you and things like that. But, um, like, there is such a good balance of everyone in it. Like, there's so many characters and so many stories going on, and it, it actually feels like it has the correct weight and, like, everybody has the correct, I guess, like, screen time. You do that so well. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so awesome. much. Uh, Gavin, you have anything to say about my show? Uh, no. Uh, and, and instead, I want to talk, I want to spend a couple seconds talking about a VHS I'm holding right now. Uh, William Shatner's oh. Splat Attack. It uh, is a... Ooh. It is a 2002 VHS that was produced that is <laughs> edited footage. Oh, Jesus. It's edited footage of a 1,500-person three-team paintball battle that took place in central Indiana in 2002. <laughs> I hate this thing. He'll, he'll go anywhere with this. He'll go anywhere with this. He is really. the captain of the Federation team. The the Klingons <laughs> are captained by Man Cow, that DJ no That's one nice. likes. Oh, and the Jesus, and yeah. the Borg are captained by Tom K, who I'm told is a paintball pro. Uh, guess which team actually gets anything fucking done? <laughs> the Borg. <laughs> it's basically just a the lot Borg. of footage of William Shatner in geeky. Please don't sue us. This technically isn't a Star Trek emblem gear. Uh, <laughs> Kind of just waddling around Indiana, he sweats a lot. There's a, <laughs> there's one scene where they get a cloaking device, which just means they get to use a golf cart to drive to a capture the flag thing. And since they use the cloaking device, none of the enemy team members can be like, "Hey, there's William Shatner going to get the flag," so he just drives up to this thing and sits there. God. <laughs> it is the least engaging paintball battle you will ever watch. I fucking hate that. 
I just fucking hate that. Do you hate it? Do you hate it in the way that it sounds amazing, or do you yeah. hate it in the way? Well, I think that perfect. I think that's a good place to wrap it up. James, where can people find you? Oh, Legally. they can find me. Uh, le- okay. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, I was about to give way too much information. Um, they, they can find me on Twitter, uh, James Oliva seventy six. Uh, and then also, I think we have a W W T Frequency Correct. Pod is our Twitter. Um, I'll leave that up to Will it's to accurate. actually let everyone know you got the socials it. are. <laughs> um, and then we have our website, wtfrequency.com. Um, Wait, does that one have and, pod in it? Hold uh, on. I'm checking for you. No. Oh, thank you. So it's almost like having your phone number. Yeah. You know, like if somebody's just like, what's your, what's your, what's your phone number? Like, I don't know. I just press on the contact thing when I call this dude and it goes. I don't know anyone's phone numbers you got it anymore. Right. It's just wtfrequency.com. Um, yeah, cool, cool. Um, yeah, and then uh, you know, obviously Tumblr. I, I'm everywhere, yeah. really. I mean, our show's everywhere. We we're on YouTube. We're on Vimo. You can find us on all, any of those, and we'll uh, start uh, hopefully posting up more videos soon. But we have some videos on it. Listeners, you can also hear James on um, Tides, on Pixie, on Greater Boston. He's all over the place. Yes, I am. I am. I'm going to be on Mindfire, yes. which is coming up soon. That's uh, Paul Miscavige's uh, baby. Yeah. Yeah. And then a super secret one that I can't tell you. <laughs> Gavin, where can people find you? Secrets. People can find me discovering that there is a William Shatner Splat Attack 2 from 2003 on YouTube. Nope. Uh, <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, you can find me at uh, on Twitter at The Pod Report, T-H-E-P-O-D-R-E-P-O-R-T, or you could go to thepodreport.wordpress.com where I publish my long-form reviews of things that are I like to go positive, but the, uh, as of the recording Sometimes of Sandra this, happens. Uh, then the habitat happens. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so those are the two places you can find me. And you can find me on Twitter at, at WillWWrites. That's W-I-L-W underscore rights. You can find me on WillWilliams.reviews. Um, I don't know if I've plugged this before, but I also write for Bellow Collective and Discover Pods. Um, so you can find me in lots of places. Come find us on Discord, too. Yeah. What's the Frequency has a great Discord. Yeah. Yeah. We have, we have a fun Discord. Yeah. Parting, parting fact for everyone. Nope. <laughs> I looked up the, I, the, the, the VHS I have in my hand. I looked it up on Amazon. There's a four-star review of this <laughs> that is titled, Best Paintball Movie, but that isn't saying much. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And that's where we cut it. Bye! Bye! Bye!